The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome to the Pride of Detroit post-game show, prideofdetroit.com, at Pride of Detroit on Twitter, live now on Twitch and YouTube, Pride of Detroit. You know where to find us. And the Lions have improved to 10-4. and 10-4, good buddy, as the Lions right the ship, a get-right game that I really thought that the Lions, A, were going to have, and B, really needed. Uh, a much better matchup for them versus past weeks. We'll get dive deeper into that. But the important thing is the Lions regardless of how they got to it, are now on the doorstep of both the playoffs and an NFC North divisional crown. All they really need to do at this point is probably grab one game on the Minnesota Vikings out of the two they will be playing. And before you know it, this division is sewn up, buddy. It's wrapped up just like that. After all the angst, after all the screeching, after all the doomerism, after all the worry, after the Bears game and how bad they had looked... The Lions did exactly what they wanted. They got their get-right game. Now, going into this, I thought the Broncos were a much better matchup for the Detroit Lions to handle than they had been dealing with with the Green Bay Packers and the Chicago Bears in the last three weeks. There's no mobile quarterback you have to worry about contain. You saw it on the defense when we're going to talk about some of those defensive players. You saw the safety blitzes. The safety blitzes as the Lions got a lot more aggressive on the pass rush and decided that they don't need to worry about letting a receiver get loose in the back too much. And they weren't really punished for it all that too often you saw it in the offense on getting right you know having Frank Ragnow back taking advantage of the fact that the Broncos are at the bottom of the league when it comes to run defense and getting back to roots of what the Lions wanted to do playing with tempo playing with pass action playing with confidence in their running game and it meant Amon Ross St. Brown getting off the one of the worst games of his career last year and getting back to doing what he does best and getting back to Sam Laporta doing things that we just have not seen in a tight end in a very long time. And he's certainly the best tight end that Detroit has seen in a very long time himself. Now, some of that is just the consequence of playing the Denver Broncos. I think the Denver, again, the Denver Broncos are a team that the Lions are built to beat. On the other hand, if you want to take away confidence 
if you want to take away anything from the Detroit Lions and say, okay, they just beat up a team that was, if you're out there and you're saying, okay, the Lions are just beating up on a team they should have beaten, what's the big deal? Here's something to take away. The Lions really got out of the mental mistakes they had been making in the past few weeks. We had been worried about the offense for a few weeks now, even as the defense was improving. And I think it was no more clear than it was against the Bears game last week with a whole quarter of three and out. Jared Goff played and looked a lot better. Part of that is he had a lot better pass protection up there. But you can see exactly what this offense is when they have a comfortable Jared Goff. This is always the dichotomy of Jared Goff between comfortable and uncomfortable Jared Goff. You got comfortable Jared Goff tonight. You got exactly how that offense starts to tick again. And they were doing that. But more than that, the Lions weren't really penalized outside of a outside of a pretty nasty uh, Alex Anzalone uh, pass interference in the middle of the game. Besides that, there wasn't really much to write about when it comes to the Lions really shooting themselves in the foot. There was a lot more. The Lions played a lot more disciplined. They played a lot tighter. They gave time to players that they hadn't really seen in there and they got rewarded for it. I think none more so than looking at younger players like Ifatu Melifonwu and Josh Pascal on the defense. Ifatu Melifonwu, this was his game. Now, I could have probably told you that if I had known his agent was in the house. And you might be thinking, why are you talking about his agent, Chris? What, what does his agent have to do with anything? His agent is the same agent as Tommy DeVito. You know, the guy in the zoot suit who's like, you know, going into the Italian uh, American Sports Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sean, Sean Stilato. Yeah, yeah. That's why. That's why if he had the great game. No, but the, this is this is Ifatu Melifonwu getting into, I think, made a really good case for himself to be considered playing a lot more box safety. The Lions are going to be working on their DBs, and I think Ifatu Melifonwu stepped up and really made his case as some of the others like Walker and Jerry Jacobs were noticeably absent from tonight's game plan. On the flip side of things, on the, on the, I mean, well, before I do that, Josh Pascal, looking great, really teaming up there along with Aiden Hutchinson to really do some stuff in, pre, in pressuring the quarterback, getting to Russell Wilson. And Russell Wilson can still roll out a little bit, but he's not Justin Fields. He's not Jordan Love. And the Lions absolutely had a much easier time of it, taking care of business and just not stumbling down the stretch when it came to what they needed to do to deal with him. Isaiah Bugs, I thought, played pretty well as well. But moving over to the offense, we look at who plays well again. And then once again, it's all your young studs. It's Jameer Gibbs having himself one hell of a game, man. Jameer Gibbs just showing you again why with another hunt with 100 yards rushing and I believe uh, another eight yards through the air. Showing you again his speed, his his vision his elusiveness on the field, averaging over nine yards per carry on 11 carries in this game. My God, that is the kind of spark the Lions have needed on offense in their run game. And he was getting massive holes all night long, thanks to the offensive line and getting some really nice run blocking thrown downfield. But make no mistake, you watch Jameer Gibbs, you see the speed. You see the speed and will continue to relitigate, I'm sure, for years and years to come, the value of a running back at 12. But it is he is the, 
the straw that stirs the drink of the Detroit Lions offense, and he put it on display again tonight. David Montgomery also, you know, 85 yards for himself here and, and just being another bowling ball out there. Well, what's this too? Jamison Williams more involved in the offense getting more than a single reception too. four receptions, 47 yards, even getting involved in some less than home ball uh, plays, getting involved in a slant route. I think the Lions figured out that they need to use Jamison Williams more. He knows how to run those routes and they wanted to see more of him out there. And he delivered. He delivered, I thought, very well. <coughs> and of course, I mean, we keep doing this every every time, right? We just keep not talking about Amon Ross St. Brown, even though he crests another 112 yards and uh, a touchdown to boot for it. The man is the reliable engine that could. And, if, and in the red zone, Lions' woes recede as Sam Laporta finds three touchdowns. Sam Laporta is now in his rookie year up to nine touchdowns. One, I always like to regale that I think one of the best tight end rookie seasons in the history of the NFL was Mike Ditka back when he played. He was a rookie for the Chicago Bears and he had 12 touchdowns. Sam Laporta is closing in on that. He might be able to tie it up, certainly for the Detroit Lions franchise records for Sam Laporta. I think there is more than enough case that you just look at the young players and you say, yes. This Lions team is a work in progress. Yes, as much as you really want to see them win a playoff game this year, and I think some if, if you want to say you're going to be disappointed if they don't win a playoff game, I think you're justified in that. I don't agree with you, but I think you're justified in that. But you look at those young players and you realize that these players are going to be here for the Detroit Lions for some time to come, and that's a good thing. <laughs> the Lions can show you that they can win with a lot of this homegrown talent, and they can keep that team together and figure things out for the future, that's fantastic. Now, the big question comes as we look down here now with three games to play and the Lions really needing just one win now to get an NFC North crown. How much of this is potable to the Vikings and the Cowboys? I think that Minnesota will provide a very interesting test for the offensive line. I saw a chart here this past week that Minnesota is blitzing, much like the Lions are doing this game, are blitzing at a very, very high rate. Jared Goff will have to learn to deal with that pressure and get the ball out and make and punish a team for blitzing. That offensive line is going to have to handle the pressure of a blitz coming for them. If they can do those two things, then they can keep growing on this game. But more importantly than anything, more importantly than all that, it's the psychology of a get-right game. I always believed that Dan Campbell is too good of a coach to really sit here and let the Detroit Lions get in the bad vibes and completely collapse. I know fans were going that way with their moods after the Bears game because they had been seeing a lot of patterns through past games, even where the Lions were winning. But I knew there was always going to be a wake-up call for the Detroit Lions. I knew there was always going to be a moment where they would continue to experiment, put things together, and have another game like this. Another game where you are just absolutely dominant, putting up 40 points, and really putting the game away before you're even in the third quarter, I mean, in the fourth quarter. By the way, we, we didn't talk about third quarter at all here, right? 
Like, I know the Broncos scored a touchdown and all, but like, you know, Detroit answered right back. There was no third quarter in this game. There was none of these languid, torrid movements trying to come out of the half. You, you, the Broncos scored a touchdown and you answered right back. They scored a field goal. You answered with a touchdown. It was beautiful. And that is something that I think the Lions really need to dig into. This is crunch time. This was a game they absolutely needed to have. And I think that is where Dan Campbell flies best. When it's game, when it's season on the line, I know he's going to try to have this team as ready as he possibly can. That was all on display tonight. It's why I have always believed in Dan Campbell as a head coach, even though he doesn't come from a traditional background, or at least I should say traditional background in the sense of our modern NFL, where you're supposed to be a hotshot coordinator and come in with all these different ideas. He comes in as someone completely different and he takes his mentor out there and whips and whips him real good in this game. It's the point where Sean Payton lost his composure more than a few times here. I can't really blame him for some of that. The officiating in this game was weird, but for once it didn't really hurt the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions still have three games to go, and it's a hard road to hoe, especially if the idea is you want to get to the playoffs, you want to be healthy. But I think this is the start of something. If you can take this game and stack this game with a win over Minnesota, you can show you're getting right at the right time again. Because this wasn't one of these languid wins like they had over the Saints. This was dominant. This was in front of a home crowd that is probably the loudest I have seen them all season. They know what's on the line and they'll be ready and they'll be ready no matter what, because there's one more home game on the 7th of January before the Lions in my by my estimation will host a home game in Ford Field for the playoffs. We'll have more for you when the POD cast comes your way here later this week and we get you ready for the Vi- for the road game against the Vikings on Christmas Eve as the Lions try to clinch this division. Uh and I think I think it's getting real close. I think it's getting real close. We'll break down more of this game here, but we're we'll close up the post game podcast here. We'll stay live on Twitch and YouTube, take questions, have some fun with you guys there, get you guys some post game sound from Dan Campbell. Make sure to join us on twitch.tv slash pride Detroit and on YouTube at Pride of Detroit. I'm at YouTube.com slash at Pride of Detroit. We'll see you star side. 